everyone, and welcome back to Enlightenhood. I'm your host, Lena Lemos. Today is the first of the podcast where I am connecting with women who have amazing niche expertises. Some of them, some may call a little woo-woo, but that's okay because this podcast is a safe space to nerd out about all of that. So today I am chatting with Crystal B. She is a predictive astrologer. Crystal and I connected at the beginning of this year. I was really at a crossroads in my life and I needed some answers. And I had a coworker who went to see Crystal and she kept telling me, all these dates she kept giving me are coming true. And I said, okay, that's it. I need to meet this woman. And so I went to her for an astrology reading and she completely blew my mind. And then we ended up connecting on a deeper level. So I really wanted to invite her on this podcast because she has an amazing story. She's an amazing astrologer. So whether you're an astro virgin or an astro junkie or really just feeling all the feels from that Scorpio full moon this past week, I hope you enjoy learning from Crystal B. Here she is. So Crystal, I just had to bring you on this podcast because I was seven months pregnant and looking for a lot of validation in my life at the time, mainly when is this daughter coming? And I came to you and without knowing anything about me, you pegged me so very, I mean, everything was spot on that literally my mind exploded. Oh, thank you. I feel <laughs> and, so special. <laughs> so I just, I needed to pick your brain and dive into everything astrology and motherhood with you. Okay. I'm so excited for this and I can't wait to nerd out about it, but. I love that. Nerd out. That makes, I, I'm excited to nerd out with you. Because really, I am a nerd being yeah. an astrologer. I really, I mean, it, it's funny because it's very, um, you know, there's there's such a science behind it. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, I really am this wacky nerd who just wants to talk about planets. Yes, <laughs> we can. We're nerd tribe. Love it. <laughs> So one thing I we were talking about before we started this podcast is how you got into astrology. And I thought it was fascinating. So I was wondering if you could share that again. Yes, no, absolutely. So, um, so hello, everybody. I'm Crystal. Um, and I am an astrologer. And I, um, I am also a mother, above all things, I have two children. And I my dad is an astrologer. And so I grew up with astrology. So most people, you know, they get, they, they've grew up reading horoscopes and I didn't, I was lucky. I didn't have to do that because my dad would always pull out my chart. And, um, I had my daughter in my late twenties around my Saturn return, which we'll discuss yes. a little bit later in the, in the episode. But when my daughter came, of course, my whole life changed and she, I still knew about astrology and, um, you know, I even, when she came, I even read more about astrology because I breastfed her mm -hmm. and for all of my breastfeeding mothers, you know, like you had, I, I don't know, uh, you know, it's like you have to read as you're waiting and yep. it's like, it was just such a great pastime. And of course, all of my books would be about astrology that I would read. But what happened um, is that my daughter got sick uh, and she was just about 13 months old and she started to get seizures and we didn't know why these seizures were happening. And it was a very, very dark time in my life. And thankfully, my dad always would help me understand that, you know, it's going to get better. It's not going to stay like this. But for anybody who has a sick child, 
um, especially something like seizures. It's very, you know, I was very confined to my house and I couldn't really go out. Mm -hmm. And so I actually used astrology to, um, decipher the good days and the bad days. And that I came up with a formula. I'm not going to go through what that formula was because that's, you know, how I ultimately became a predictive astrologer, but my dad helped me and I fine tuned the formula as I went along. And I was able to discover when my daughter was going to have good days and when she was going to have bad days. And on the bad days, of course, we laid low on the good days, I felt like I could breathe and we could go to the mall or do something outside of the house. I didn't have to stay confined. And fast forward, she got better. And, um, you know, I still kept that knowledge and I loved it and I had fun with it. And I had all of my, I call them guinea pigs, willing guinea pigs, <laughs> family, friends who would love for me to look at their astrology and uh, eventually what happened is I got very busy doing it over and over again. And my husband was like, you just have to start a business. And so I did. And my last name is actually Bachowski. So that's how I became Crystal B. Ah, I get it. Yeah. But it almost, it reminds me of Crystal Ball. Yes. And that's why my husband was like, what about Crystal B? And at first I was like, well, I don't walk around with a crystal ball because right. it's, I am predictive, but at the same time, I never wanted to be perceived as one of the, those kooky gypsy right. fortune tellers. Right. Because I have this, you know, this side of me that really has always wanted, you know, my craft and the the knowledge of the planets to be legit and to not, you know, to not have a, a stigma of, um, you know, being something that wasn't real or mm -hmm. wasn't accurate but in the end he won and i have become crystal b i like the b it's subtle <laughs> <laughs> it's a little subtle but we were talking before how there's definitely been a transformation in terms of the acceptance of astrology and yes, the whole absolutely can you talk a little about that because we were just talking about your children's book that you had written seven years ago and that wasn't accepted it was denied. At yeah. yeah nobody wanted it <laughs> and that just blows my mind because especially now you see how crystals are everywhere and meditation and mindfulness are really coming to the forefront yeah and how has that, how have you seen that transformation happen throughout your business? So the thing is, is that yes, astrology is get, is going through a popularity moment right now, which of course I'm loving, but at the same time, you know, I didn't wake up and become this person. It's, right. it's been a journey. And, uh, in the very, you know, for many years I did my work in secret. I didn't, you know, tell everybody what I was doing. I, the logo of my business was actually a caricature. It wasn't even my face. I only put my face out there a few years, like last year. <laughs> um, so, and the reason for that is because <clears throat> I would get a lot of negativity from people, you know, there, of course I had my tribe, my tribe who loved what I did and would always want to consult with me, but there was a lot of other people who, you know, they don't, believe in this. And they would always look at me like I'm a wackadoo and, you know, what the hell are you doing? You could actually make money at that. What, you know, is it legitimate? And, um, you know, so it's been a journey and I've, I've had to fight for what I believe in. 
And um, I think I've gotten, you know, 10,000 no's in my life and just a few yeses. So what I would say is, um, you know, I've, I am passionate about what I do. And I, I think that for anybody that's passionate about what they do, just keep fighting because you, you really, you know, if, if you're meant to do something, it's gonna, it's gonna happen no matter what. And it's so nice to be able to fight for something that you love versus something that, you know, you don't. I love that you say that because without you knowing anything about me, you saw in my chart that I was going to do something that involved writing and motherhood. And that was worldly. And I really connect with what you said, because this is one of the main reasons I created this podcast and this website is because I felt like the people who were in my life at the time would look at me like I was crazy when I was talking about meditation and crystals. And I saw my grandfather as a cardinal on a tree and people, yeah, looked at me like I was a wackadoo. (laughs) So really creating this community of amazing and strong women who get it and aren't afraid to geek out about astrology or anything. And the fact that you saw that in my chart was just complete validation for me that, okay, I was meant to do this. It's okay that I'm doing this. I can really step out into my shell. And like you, when I was building enlightened hood, I did keep it secret. from everyone else. I didn't tell anyone I was doing it, just kind of gave them the most vague answer. Because again, there is still a stigma around it. And especially, I mean, I grew up in Ithaca, New York, which is probably the hippie capital of the East Coast. So (laughs) I'd say the mindset there is quite different than urban New Jersey. (laughs) But well, if I could just say something, because yeah. you're talking about different locations and and we are in New Jersey right now. We're right outside of New York. And the thing is, is that I've always felt that I've, you know, because when I go to California or go on to the West Coast, like I feel so different. Mm-hmm. And, and just so everybody knows, we do have different energies depending on different locations. And um, the, me being in New Jersey, like I'm always going to be weird here yeah. because I just have my Uranus line actually goes through. Uranus is the planet of weird and eccentrism and different who I love. And he's the ruler of astrology, but he goes through in my personal chart um, in New Jersey. So I'm always going to be different here. Yeah. But I tell you, when I get off the plane, when I go to California, like it is so yeah. different. I love it. It's and- a different energy. I would say I'm weird here in New Jersey too, but <laughs> well, we never looked at your loco your, your locational, but I'm sure it's because again, your, your planets are aligning, um, in, you know, differently depending on where you stand in the world. And that's why uh. I love to like, kind of explore. I have a Sagittarius moon and Sagittarius is the sign of the traveler. And I've always loved to travel to different places. But, um, what I want to say about the, the, the different locations and being in New Jersey and, um, you know, there is a, a widening of understanding. I think that's happening mm-hmm. across the world. And even though we are different and we've been different before, you know, the, the, the popularity started to, to rise, um, you know, there's something about being different that allows you to keep you know, strong to your message Mm -hmm. and really allow you to be true to it and really kind of, you know, fight for that message. So sometimes I am thankful for being in a place where I've been different. Yeah. It helps you 
march to the beat of your own drum. Yeah. Yeah. It's terrifying, but also invigorating. (laughs) (laughs) It is terrifying. And it's definitely, there's a lot of, you know, different feelings that go along with being different and, you know, having to, um, you know, kind of, you know, you, you do pick and choose ultimately who you hang out with Mm -hmm. and who you, who's part of your tribe. And, um, you know, I, I've just been blessed that, you know, because of my journey and I'm sure a lot of people who are listening to, you know, the wrong people slip out eventually and the right people slip in. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so interesting once you step back from those people who aren't necessarily vibrating at the same frequency as you, how much higher you can go. And that was something really hard that I had to realize, you know, going through my 20s and I'm in the last year of my 20s. Woo! And <laughs> that that leads me to talk to you about Saturn return yes. because I, of course, was mu- I mean, I always read my horoscope and I knew my rising sign, but I was much of an astro virgin, yes. <laughs> as you like to call them yes, when, astro I, when I came to you and you told me about Saturn return yes. and I had never heard that before. So could you tell our listeners a little, little bit about that? Absolutely. And, um, you know, just to to validate the importance of the Saturn return, it is one of the most momentous times in a person's life. And something that I really related to with you is that you had your daughter mm-hmm. around your Saturn return. And yeah. that's when I had my daughter too, our first children. Yeah. And a lot of people... Um, do something big at that moment in time. And it, it's always going to happen between the ages of 28 to 30 years old. And what it is, is you have to remember that the planets are always moving. And when we're born, we have this fixed picture and the planets are always moving around that picture. And it takes Saturn because he moves so slow. It takes him between 28 and 30 years to meet back up with the same spot that he was living in when you were born. And it's that moment in time. And yes, there, there are exact dates when he like tags your natal Mm -hmm. Saturn, but the period is long. It can last up to a year, two years, depending on how Mm -hmm. your placements are. And Saturn is not the planet that is, you know, woohoo, I'm here and hear me roar and let's get this party started. That's not Saturn. Saturn comes in and he's like, what is going on? You know, let's clean up. Let's get rid of what's not what's not working and let's, you know, embrace what is working. And he likes to cut things. He likes to get it, get real. Yeah. Get real with what the story is. And he also likes to make us um, own up to our responsibilities. Mm. And there's nothing more profound than becoming a mother. Mm-hmm. That is your deepest responsibility oh, yeah. now. Um, but there's other ways that a Saturn return can manifest. Sometimes people buy a house. Sometimes people get a really big job opportunity where they have to take on more responsibility. Sometimes I see people breaking up because it's like, it, it's, it's a hot, a lot of times people are always looking for love, but you know, one of the most profound things to do is to make a break in a relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, so there's lots of different ways that it manifests for you. It's been the creation of your business and your daughter. Yeah. 
It's funny that you say that because we are <laughs> the the breaking of the relationship because we are sitting across the street from where, where I first moved to New Jersey. And it's so funny the way that everything aligns. Well, that was so synchronous that yeah. you ended up coming. My office is like yeah. right across the street from where you live for how many years <laughs> and it's just funny that everything is just already in your chart and sometimes when you're going through that you don't even realize it because when I moved to New Jersey I moved here for the boy I could have sworn I was going to marry okay. you could have asked me that for five years and I would have said yes I dropped everything moved from upstate New York where I'd say I'm much more suited <laughs> and uh, I lived here for a week and then we broke up and then Hurricane Sandy happened <laughs> and literally my life was a hurricane. Right. And at the time, I, it, you know, when bad things happen to us, we always say, why me? Yes. And over the years, of course, I've learned to th say, what is this teaching me? But at the time, you know, my world was over, but something inside of me just told me you have to stay in New Jersey. Right. The I, voice. Do I don't know why I could have. I mean, I. And I was going to Montclair State University at the time, but I had only had a week of classes so far. And I could have very well left. Yeah. Yeah. You know, my parents came and picked me up. We went back up to upstate New York and they let me kind of have a week to heal and figure out, OK, what are you going to do? And yeah, that voice inside of me just said, you have to stay. Yeah. So I, I came back and. About six months later, I ended up meeting my husband and the rest is history. But it's so funny that looking back on all of it, right. everything that had to line up in that very moment in order to be where I am now. Right. And it's not the easiest. No. It's, it's, it's difficult. But something that you mentioned and you know i am i have your chart in front of me because I, I can't do a podcast with somebody and not have their chart right in front of me um you are you're a you're a libra rising mm -hmm. but you're you have so you have three planets in cancer yeah and you know cancer is one of the most intuitive signs yes and it also is the sign of the mother mm -hmm. which is so fitting to what you're doing and mm -hmm. the message that you're creating but it also is uh, a sign that is very much in the spotlight right now. And there's big things happening to the sign of cancer. And um, but it is always important for any other cancers listening or if you have a cancer moon or your cancer cancer rising, you got to listen to that voice inside. It's funny. You and I were just talking about how I had a voice, too, yeah. you know, and it's like sometimes you really have to honor it. Yeah, it means something. It does. it does. It does. And I, I love all those things you said about cancer, because it took me a while to feel proud about being a cancer. Because when I was a kid, you know, I was so outgoing, I wanted to be famous and in the spotlight. And, you know, the battlefield that is being a teenager yes. and the early 20s really made me retreat back into my cancer shell. Your and shell. I and I think that's when I really started to relate more about being a cancer. But it wasn't up until that point that I really realized I and once I figured out what rising signs were and I realized that I was a Libra and knowing all the different qualities about Libra, I said, OK, this makes a lot more sense now. Yeah. But the the thing is, is that um, a lot of people discount the power of cancer. Mm -hmm. Sometimes people are very quick to just talk about its sensitive side. Mm -hmm. And and this is something else that's happening that that 
I love to see, and I've always tried to instill it in my clients and people I talk to about astrology, you know, we have to break down the barriers of all of the stereotypes of some of the signs, Mm -hmm. because when you really get to know it and you really dive deep into it, you really start to see each sign's power. And when I think about the sign of cancer and its power, it really is um, so strong and so uh, enduring Mm -hmm. And it also fights for what it believes in. It may do it a little bit emotionally, but you know what we all, you know, emotions are not necessarily a bad thing. I think that we've been running from our emotions so much over Mm -hmm. the past decades Yes, that now it's your generation that, and of course you being a cancer, you know, leading the pack, emotional awareness is key. Yes. And it's like important that we don't run from our emotions anymore. Yeah. I love that. And I'm a cancer. My husband is a cancer. Our marriage is a cancer. So we got a lot of cancer going on. And I remember when we were going over my chart, we were talking about my daughter and I just said, there's no way that I could have an Aries baby. <laughs> there's no way. I, and I just, I was ready for the Pisces, an artful, soulful, you know, and uh, one of my spiritual mentors told me that she was going to be an old soul and that she was yeah. my daughter in a past life. So, you know, I told myself there was no way I was going to have that Aries baby. And when I was listening back to our session, you said something very interesting. You said, we always have an astrological connection to our children. Yes. And I need to know what you meant by that. Okay. <laughs> and and the thing, the thing is, is that, you know, in our own astrology, when we want to look at our connection to our mother, we look at the moon and the moon is very symbolic of not only our emotions, but our connection with our mothers. Mm -hmm. And so for you and for anybody out there looking at their moon sign is going to symbolize what your mother was for you or is for you in your life. And we all know that everybody has different relationships with their mother. Mm -hmm. But when we think about, so when we want to think about our connections with our children, we always want to think about, well, what was my connection first with my mother? And then you can start to look at your child's chart and say, well, how is she going to see me? And I have two children and, um, they're both seeing me very differently. Interesting. And so if you have any siblings, um, you can look at, well, you know, this is how I saw mom and dad is actually the son, just so everybody knows. But since we're honoring the moon right now, we'll focus on mom. Um, you know, how did, how did I see mom and how did my brother, how did my sister see mom? And the other thing, when we think about our connections with our children is that, you know, we're going to have, depending on how many children you have, you do have different, each child is, you know, teaching you different things. They're bringing different energies Mm -hmm. into your life. My daughter has a lot of Mercury inside of her. She is a Virgo, Gemini rising. And Virgo is my opposite sign. I'm a Pisces. Mm -hmm. And so her and I, we balance each other out. We don't always agree. And of course, now that she's getting to be into that teenage realm, you know, I see that more and more. But at the same time, Virgo is the sign that I need to balance me. And the other thing is that her Gemini rising, I don't have 
that much Gemini in my chart. So she's kind of like a missing link to me. And um, again, she challenges me, but at the same time, you know, we need each other to balance out. And when you start to really decode your children's astrology and how it is in synchronicity with yours, Mm -hmm. you can see, you know, um, different patterns and different reasons why you get along on some points and why you kind of challenge each other. And just to add another flavor to that, my son, he is almost, he has almost every single planet in Scorpio and you know, that energy is very watery and that works very well with my water placements. Mm -hmm. Uh, so there's, he doesn't challenge me as much as my daughter does, but at the same time, you know, it's, it's like a a balancing act, Mm -hmm. you know, and you're going to have those different energies. I don't have Luna's chart in front of me that I I needed to do that. I have your chart in front of me, but I needed to get her chart to like do some balancing with, do now her right, her rising is, I wrote it down what you told me. So she's an Aries sun, okay, a Virgo rising and a Sagittarius moon. Okay. So she's a, what's interesting. And now, and I'm going to compare your chart with Luna's and not seeing the full picture, but just thinking about those placements. Now, um, she's a Sag moon. Yeah. Which is funny because that's your moon yes. sign. Yep. Yeah. It's just that your moon was in the 29th degree yes. when you were born. So your moon signs were changing. So mm-hmm. there's like a part of you that's very Sag and very mm-hmm. like connecting with everybody. And then there's a Capricorn. So there's a grounding part of you too. Mm-hmm. But you know, that's so great that she has the same moon sign as you because you will definitely um, feel in the same kind of way. That's good. <laughs> but Virgo is um, a sign. It's an earth sign and you are a water sign. Yeah. Cancer is water and Virgo is earth. But earth and water get along. They like each other. Mm-hmm. So there's like a, a you know, a synchronicity, a, a harmony there. And, um, Virgo actually falls in your astrology in your 11th house, which has to do with friends and associations and groups. So I could see you, um, you know, she's gonna, she'll probably be podcasting with you as she gets (laughs) older. (laughs) Uh, And, you know, she's going to definitely be a part of your tribe, you know, part of your tribe. And, um, just thinking about that fiery Aries and, a lot of times we're so quick to think about that sun first, but in just thinking about Luna's chart, I actually went to her moon first and then her rising sign, the, the fiery Aries, you got to break through the Virgo, her, mm-hmm. her door. I call the rising sign, your door in order to go and, and see that fire. And, um, ultimately in your astrology, Aries rules over your seventh house of relationships. Like you probably are going to have a very good connection. It's, it may not be as fiery as you think. (laughs) Yeah. And we'll have to see as we, as she, as she's only a little, little, she's five, five weeks, five weeks right now. She'll be six weeks on my, well in three days. So five and a half. And something you asked me as before we started to record is when can you start to see their little personalities coming out and mm-hmm. their their rising signs? And um, I I think it's right from birth. You know, my daughter is a Gemini rising and she, she wanted sleep. She was thinking even right out of the womb. <laughs> and, um, you know, but Virgo rising is a little bit more. 
complacent. It's a yes. little bit more calm. It's a little bit, they're still thinking they're, yeah. you know, she's going to be a little bit of a worrier. Yeah. You've got to be ready for that. <laughs> but, um, you know, they're a little bit more calm natured in the beginning. Yeah. So I think that you'll probably start to see that fiery Aries when she has what's called her Mars return, which is usually around the age of two. Ooh. And the Mars return is when your action planet is, um, makes his way back to the same place that he was when you were, when she was born. And we all have a Mars return about every two years. Interesting. And that's why that terrible twos came about ah, because of the Mars return. Interesting. Cause that's when we, they, everybody starts to show their action and their drive and their like feistiness. Yes. I know some of, of course, some of us are more feisty than others. <laughs> But that's a marker to see like really where her personality is going. Interesting. I can definitely see a little bit of both right now. I would definitely say that she was much more calm until up about four weeks. But it's funny you say that she's a thinker because the way she sleeps is with her little finger like on her chin, almost like she's in deep deep thought yes. and we always just laugh because we think oh she's going to be such a so philosophical just by the way she's sleeping when she's little but the fire has started to come out especially when she's eating but it's it's a funny um dichotomy between she's so calm and she's cooing while she's eating and then you take the bottle away and it's just like the fight we tell her that we tell her that she's um auditioning to be a dragon on game of thrones because this just the noise that comes out of her mouth is so very dragon-like and it's just so i was so curious to know that just of course because i said i can't have an aries and just wondering you know i know that our rising sign is really our facade and how other people see us yeah but being a mother you know your ch children a lot better than right. other people do so just seeing a how other people are going to see her but just being able to decode those two personalities almost yeah. and just <clears throat> to kind of add to her fire she has the sag moon so that's you know two of her most important elements of her astrology are in fire so she's but again it's it's going to be you and your husband will see it first. And then as she grows and becomes comfortable and learns to, um, you know, kind of break through some of that earthiness on her front door with mm -hmm. the Virgo, that's when that fire is going to start to come Ooh, out. I can't yeah. wait. It is exciting. It's a really, it's nice to, to see some balance in the elements, mm -hmm. um, you know, cause sometimes when we're too much of something, we're lacking something else. But to have the earth and the fire, it, it really um, it's going to be a really great mix. And I, again, I think that there's a lot that when I look at your astrology, a lot that demonstrates that you two will get along. You know, she'll be more friend than foe. <laughs> Ooh, I can't wait to see how she grows. So I know we talked about how the moon is your mother and yes. cancer is a very mother sign. What other planets and signs are motherly? Well, in, um, in astrology, there are female and male planets and female and male signs. And, um, and side note, I actually did a lot of work for quite a number of years with trying to help people get pregnant astrologically. And I don't do it anymore. I stepped away from that work, but there's actually centers in the world that people can go. But, um, in that work, you actually can determine, and it's a little bit of math and a little bit of research, but 
depending on when you conceived, the sign that the moon was in mm. determines what the sex of the child is going to be. Interesting. And I, when I did it, I would say I was about 80% accurate. Cause it's, it's pretty, it's, it's very telling. And, um, just to, to go through the signs and then we'll do the planets next. Aries is male. Mm -hmm. Taurus is female. Gemini is male. Um, cancer is female. Then Leo is male. Then Virgo female. Um, Libra is male actually, even though it's ruled by Venus, mm -hmm. it's, it's male. Then we go to, and I'm just thinking of the wheel in my head. Scorpio is female. Um, Sag, Sagittarius is male. Um, we have Capricorn is female. I was just talking about this with somebody. A lot of people think Capricorn is male, but it's female. Interesting. It really, it really is. And um, Aquarius is male and Pisces is female. And the planets, they're all male except for the moon, mother, and Venus. Interesting. Yeah. So there's a lot of, and that helps with, um, again, astrology is a picture language. So when people are looking for insight, you know, into events and things like that, you, I, I, I know in my cocktail that I use, I use those male female influences to kind of guide me. And interestingly enough, my cousin just had a baby and I predicted that she was going to have a girl because she had all this Venus activity. And, um, my aunt just, she texts me earlier and she's like, you were right. And I said, I know it was Venus because <laughs> <laughs> Venus is symbolic of female energy. Wow. So can you tell me a little bit about, I mean, being an astro virgin, I just went before I came to you was learning about the houses yes. that all your signs are in. Can you just bullet points go through them real quick. Cause I think it's fascinating that the way that everyone's is completely yes. different. So, um, in our astrology, when we look at the alignment of the way that our planets, um, work and how they're scattered about, they are, you know, in this beautiful, um, you know, wheel. And I think of it like a pizza pie or, a. a uh, you know, just an apple pie, whatever kind of pie you like. Pizza. And it's pizza. Definitely pizza. I, I always think of pizza. Somebody <laughs> actually told me recently, like, they're like, can't you make it like a apple pie? I'm like, yeah, whatever pie you want, you know, like, however you want to eat it. You can think of it like that. Um, and there's 12 slices and each slice, each section represents a different area of our life. Now, for instance, um, and when I look at your astrology, like you have a ton of activity in your third house, which has to do with writing, mm -hmm. communication, um, and you also have an on the go-ness. I see you definitely being on the go. I don't know if I said that in your reading, but it's just coming yeah, out at me again. At all times. <laughs> um, and your ninth house, which has to do with promotion and publishing. And um, that's, I think, probably why I was like, go for the podcasting because mm -hmm. it's very ninth housey. Yeah. And it's also about spirituality and beliefs. And um, again, it just fits so perfectly with what you're doing in mm -hmm. your life. And just to um, honor the rest of the houses real fast, the first house is about your identity your stamp on the world. Your second is about money and possessions. The third, as I said, is about your communications. Um, the fourth is about family and home. The fifth is your children. 
and it does have a lot of precedence to do over your, with your first child. Um, but it also equates to children in general. Your sixth is work. Seventh is relationships. Eighth is your joint resources and intimacy. Um, ninth is, as I said, that's your spirituality, learning, teaching, um, promotion. The 10th is motherhood and also your career and your place in the public eye. The 11th is friends. That's where Luna is living in your astrology. And, um, the 12th is your karma and also things that you're carrying over from the past life. And, um, you know, service to others, things that you are needing to do behind the scenes. So that's a, and that's a real quick lowdown on what, you know, we could spend hours, days. Yes. Talking diving about all in. of it. So just looking at my chart, I mean, I think it's what the second house and then 11 and 12 where there's, there's not much going on. So what. That, everybody always worries about that. I They're know. like, nothing's there. <laughs> so what does that mean? I mean, I'm sure it could mean a lot of things, but do we tend to find people in our lives that balance us. I mean, I know you said that your daughter and your son, they balance you in that way because of their signs, or does it just mean that really recognizing what our strengths are and recognizing our weaknesses or here, here's the thing we all depending because there's no way that you're going to have every single house filled with lots of activity. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what everybody's beliefs are, but I will tell you that my beliefs, I do believe in past lives. I do believe mm -hmm. I even do regressions for people. Um, we all, every lifetime has a different focus and there are always going to be patterns that repeat and things, themes that continually need to play out in a more dominant way. The way that the planets are aligning in your astrology showcase those themes. So if you have packed houses, you know, somebody who's got a packed fourth house, that's family home, they're going to have a lot of family drama, but also work through it or at least be challenged to work through mm -hmm. it. So, and just thinking about you, like you've got packed third and ninth. So the writing, the communication, the promotion, mm -hmm. these are very big and also connecting with foreigners and, you know, kind of spreading your beliefs in some kind of way. But it's okay that you've got empty houses. Number one, your fifth house is empty, but yet you have a daughter. Yes. And if we want to dive in and see more about the activity of that theme, every house has a keeper. So there is a planet that resides over every house. And um, I would look at what, because your fifth house is ruled by Aquarius and Uranus is the planet that works with Aquarius. So I would look and see what Uranus is up to. Your money house, your second, your possessions, your resources, that's ruled in your astrology. It's ruled by Scorpio. So I would be looking at what Pluto is doing. So for everybody out there who's just an astro virgin, <laughs> you know, and you, you're like, oh my God, it's it's empty. Don't stress. It's okay. It Just because it's empty doesn't mean that you're not going to you know, accomplish things in those areas. Mm -hmm. It's just that you're going to have a little less drama. You know, you're, mm -hmm. you're still going to experience some drama at some point or another, but it's not part of a, a necessary part of your soul's mission, so to speak. Does that make sense? Yeah. 
It does. And I want you to say yes to this question just for validation, (laughs) but they may have a completely different answer. So there's not much going on in my house that has to do with karma and past lives. And I feel as if I'm a very old soul. I always tell people I'm an 80 year old lady in a 20 something year old body. Does that have any connection to each other? (laughs) Okay. So, and I, I totally validate that you feel that you are an old soul. Number one, with all the cancer that you do have, like that's, that really kind of symbolizes to me, you know, that you're coming here with some knowledge because cancer has a lot of memory. I don't know if you even like, even maybe spontaneously have some memories of the past all the time. Cause it's like, again, you, you hold on, Mm. you're holding on to your memories very distinctly like a crap. Yes. I think I was a vaudeville performer in the twenties prohibition because I always have dreams that I'm about to go on stage and then I can't remember what I was going to sing. And, but I'm just there. And I actually have a tattoo on my side that is uh, the first line of a screenplay that says, uh, just basically that two people are sitting across from each other in a smoky jazz lounge and they look at each other and I love that. Yeah. But that's very, I believe, look, I, I do, I got into past life regression because my work with astrology was like, Hey, there is more than just this lifetime. Mm-hmm. How could we, you know, what do you do? You just, you, you get to a certain point when it's your time to go and there's nothing after that. Like there, I just, I yeah. don't believe that. And I've been, and I see it with the regressions that, you know, there is more. So anyway, just to honor the cancer, you do remember. Mm-hmm. And even though your um, 12th house is empty, it, you, you have your North node, which is symbolic of past lives in mm-hmm. your fourth house and your fourth house, even though I said it's about family and home, it's another karmic house and um, it has to do with your ancestral roots. Mm. So you kind of um, you, you're with your North node there. You're, you're kind of like, you know, breaking through some barriers in, you know, connecting to the past in a way, you know? So yes, I would say you're an old soul. Um, don't worry <laughs> yes. about that 12th house being <laughs> empty, but what that 12th house being empty does, does kind of simplify to me is that you're not in a lifetime where you're in a very service oriented, um, you know, kind of skin. Mm-hmm. You're, you're kind of more public. Mm-hmm. A lot of people who have a lot of pack 12th house, like they end up giving back, um, more than they want a lot. Sometimes they have to break through that pattern, but, um, you're, you don't, you're not challenged to do that. Interesting. This is also fascinating. So for all the astro virgins out there, what is one, one thing you wish that everyone knew about astrology? We'll start there. And then the second is if you want to become more in tune with your own astrology, where do you start? So, um, and, and, you know, there's, it's so exciting to come into, um, connection with somebody and just even, you know, let them know that there is a reason for the way that they behave or the the things that happen to them. And that reason always connects to their planetary alignment. When I want to really think about somebody or kind of highlight the most important parts of your astrology, because there's so many parts mm-hmm. to it. I I think about the rising sign first. I think if you don't know what your rising sign is, you're missing so much of the story. Mm-hmm. 
and the moon sign. The moon sign is your emotions, how the, how, and we, we kind of touched upon that a little earlier. Your moon is about, um, so much connected to how you emotionally operate and ultimately who you want to connect to. And then finally, I would have a discussion about the sun, but I'm going to think about the rising in the moon before I even jump into the sun. That's how important they are to me. And when I really want to think about somebody and I don't just think about people in, um, using one sign. I actually, in, in my mind, in my whimsical mind, um, and I do have a very photogenic memory. Like I envision, especially charts that I look at frequently, like they're embedded in my mind. Like I, I just see them. Um, I think about people as being multifaceted. Yes. We're not just one sign. It's impossible. There's so much more to us. I love that. And I think that's one of the biggest messages that I'm trying to portray through all of this is that there's so many sides to the story and there's so many, we are all multifaceted and we all have our own journeys and they're all unique within themselves and they're all beautiful in their own way. Even if I know for, I've been doing a lot of self-discovery the past few months and I was trying to get rid of some of these self-limiting beliefs and I came to the realization that for all my life, one, I've felt like I'm just media. I love a lot of things, but I'm just mediocre at all of them. And, and then just really figuring out what is my story and then coming to you, it almost validated. I do have these strengths and these amazing things about me. And it's okay that my story is different. I feel what in my twenties, I spent a lot of time doing a lot of everything where my peers were necessarily focusing on one thing and mastering it. And I think that was a big insecurity for me until I really came into my own and started going through this journey. And I love how you say that just everyone is so multifaceted because the more I realize about myself and learn other stories, it's it's just so true. Yeah. And and that's just to kind of circle back to how we began. That's part of your Saturn return. And that's part of really knowing and understanding who you are. Um, You know, I, I don't believe that we truly know who we are and our potential until we go through that Saturn return Yeah, because it's just the part in our life, the time in our life. And I know it's not easy for all of you going through it out there. Like I totally understand. It's not easy. I had to go through it and everybody does, but I'm grateful for it because it was that time in my life that I really started to become an astrologer and started to honor you know, and become responsible for my gifts Mm -hmm. because we all have gifts. They may not be the ones that you ultimately want, yeah. but we have to honor those gifts and use them to, you know, kind of grow and, and, um, you know, become kind of shine our light in the way that we're supposed to. And, and that's the funny thing, like, and for everybody out there, like I did not come out in the world thinking I was going to be an astrologer. That was not my idea. What did you think you were going to be? I went through all these crazy things where at first I wanted to be a teacher. I wanted to be, um, I actually did. I wanted to deliver babies for a long time. Um, and I had lots of, I went to college for international business. Okay. Um, and then I also, I I'm very technical. That helps me be a good astrologer. So I did a lot of computer science, but ultimately my path has been to be an astrologer, but I didn't start out like that. And it was the Saturn return that really started to show me what my gifts are. And they came from 
different places. Yeah. Not but, always what I was thinking. And it's funny that you say that because really all those things you wanted to be are incorporated in being an astrologer. You're an educator. You're not delivering babies, but you're delivering a sense well, of mama. well, and you're <laughs> delivering a sense of self to others yes. and kind of their a birthing new, process. Yes, yeah. It's just you're fact. right. I never thought of it like that. I was it, that you're right. Like I am kind of birthing new ideas yeah. for people and helping them um, see it in a different way. And the thing is, is that I never label myself as psychic, but there are different energies that, that are in play when you look at somebody's astrology. But, um, what's important to remember is that all of the answers are within you. Mm -hmm. I'm just stirring the pot and helping them come out. Oh my gosh. It's so funny you say that because that's what I've, and I've been trying to go through this story and I know I'm doing a wonderful episode of your podcast and I, and I, I've been sitting in the car going through my head thinking, what is she going to ask me? How can I share my story? And one of the thing, the lines I kept thinking to myself and just talking about mindfulness and motherhood is exactly what you said is the thing I love the most about it is all the tools are already inside of you. Yeah. And I, and I think astrology is the same way where your charts already written and just, it is. just it, go for it. It is. It's, it's, it's there. And um, it's just up to us to, to go after it and grab it. And, but what's so beautiful about astrology is that it kind of can help you point in the right direction. Mm -hmm. And, and I think that's why I've, well, I know that's why I've kept fighting for, especially when I was, you know, not as popular as I might be right now, because I just knew if I didn't continue to do what I was doing, it was it just wasn't going to stop. Mm -hmm. That was where I needed to do That's where I needed to go. And, um, again, we all have that same journey. Yeah. I'm not alone in it. I'm definitely there right now at the beginning, but getting there, but you're doing it and yes. you're, you're on, you're on the road. And yeah. you know, that's the, um, that's the exciting part It is, I always say this life is, you know, it's not a destination. It's a journey. Yes. And when you, and believe me, I get into that rut too, where it's like, ah, oh, I just want to get here. just want to get there. But when you stop for a moment and just kind of remember that, all right, it's a journey, you know, it's get, I'm get, I'm going off on a different path or I'm doing, but it's not about finally getting to the final destination because the final destination is the end. Yeah. We don't want to get there. <laughs> no, you want to be excited about the journey. Yes. So. So I love to end my podcast with words of encouragement for anyone out there who may be having a bad day or needs the encouragement to take that next step or just be present. So what are some wise words that you can give our listeners? And, you know, I'm, oh, I'm going to honor just what comes to my mind first. And um, what I want to say is to remember that I got this. No matter what you're going through, no matter what challenges or trials or tribulations are around you, you got it. And sometimes it's hard to remember that. And sometimes it's hard to, you know, really kind of own up to the fact that you can take care of business, but you can. So that's where I'll leave. I got this. Thank you, everybody. Thank you for listening to Enlightenedhood, a movement that empowers mindful motherhood 
and sees the beauty in every woman's why. If you would like to be part of our community, find us on Instagram at Enlightenhood and subscribe to this podcast where we put out new episodes every Monday and Wednesday. Thank you.